We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play college basketball pick'em, where you can get a little extra sweat during March Madness and win real cash prizes simply by picking player stats in this weekend's games. In pick'em, all you do is predict whether a player will go higher or lower on Underdog's projected totals, whether that's points, rebounds, whatever. For example, if you're like me and you think Zach Eady is going to go nuts in this tournament, pick higher on his points projection, add up to four more picks, and if you hit them all, you can win 20 times your money on a single game. Underdog's slick mobile app is easy enough that dummies like Jeff Goodman have even figured it out. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and use the code Field F I E L D and Underdog will match your deposit up to a hundred bucks. Now is the time to get in on the madness. So remember, UnderdogFantasy.com promo code Field. Welcome back to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here in the Field of Sixty Eight Media Network. My name is Rob Doster, and they did it. UConn got it done. UConn made it to the Sweet 16 for the first time since the 2014 season, the last time that the UConn Huskies won a national title. They are headed to Las Vegas. They are going to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks in the Sweet 16. They are going to a region that will also include UCLA and one of Gonzaga or TCU. I'm not exactly sure. That game is not tipped off yet while I'm recording this, but uh, it's a great feeling, man. I don't really know what else to say. It is a great feeling to see this team uh Come through and get to the second weekend. At this point, I do kind of feel a little bit like they are playing with house money. Um, this is what I wanted. I wanted to advance. You know, I went into the season saying I would love to see UConn get to the second weekend. They made it to the second weekend. Now, there is a lot more to play for, and we're going to get into that. I'm going to talk about that more later in the week. I'm going to talk. Uh, I'm going to get somebody that really knows um, Arkansas well. And that knows UConn well, and I'm going to get them on the pod. I'm going to be able to talk it through and break it all down um, and kind of give people an idea of what this matchup is actually going to look like. Because I know Arkansas is an eight seed, but that is a scary, scary, scary eight seed. There are two lottery picks on that roster. There are four NBA players on that roster. That is a very, very good basketball team coached by a guy who is great at finding mismatches and being able to exploit those mismatches. We'll get all to, into all that here in a little bit. But first and foremost, UConn. 70, St. Mary's, 55. Once again, UConn wins by double figures. They've beaten every single team that they played that was not a member of the Big East by double digits this season. It's a pretty incredible run the Huskies are on, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I uh, I am not going to lie to you. It is quite enjoyable to watch this team good again. I think 
It is good for the sport to have this team good again. It is good for the state of the Connecticut for this team to be good again. And uh, they are in a position where they're going to be able to make a run. So let's talk a little bit about what we saw this weekend in Albany. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, the thing that stood out to me the most is this thing is going to stand out to everybody the most. Adama Sanogo was absolutely dominant. Finished with 20, averaging 26 points. Uh, finished averaging 10 and a half boards. He was 24 for 33 from the floor, which is a cool 70% from the field. He uh, he looked every bit the part of a guy that we all believe uh, deserved consideration for Biggie's player of the year heading into the season. Um, he is the pivot. He is the anchor. He is the pressure release. He is the guy that we saw today that, uh, that, that was exposed. Um, by St. Mary's, you have to double him. You have to send help to him. You cannot guard him one-on-one. You guard him one-on-one in the post, and he's going to find a way to get fouled, to get a good shot at the rim. And when he's doing what he did today and making those shots, uh, you know, it's it's trouble. He makes everybody move. He makes things different. Now, um, it, his impact was different today than it was against Iona. Iona wanted to pressure more, and UConn was able to use him more to get seals as opposed to just throwing it to him in the block and saying, okay, go ahead, go to work, make something happen. But either way, like th- that's what he does. That's the value that he provides. And I know that there's been a little bit of a push uh, from people saying, we got to play Donovan Klingon more. We got to get more out of him. He's more impressive. He does this. He does that. Uh, Klingon's role right now is about ideal for what he can do. I talked about this a little bit on uh, Friday after UConn beat Iona. Um, he's an energy guy at this point. He's somebody that... Uh, is going to come in and he's going to change the way that you see ball screens get played. He's going to change the way that the rim gets protected. Um, he's going to change the lob threat that UConn has. And when he's on the floor at the same time as a guy like Joey Calcaterra, as a guy like Asan Diara, as a guy like Andre Jackson, all of a sudden you're going to have guys out there pressing her a little bit more. You're going to have the ability to run a transition a little bit more. You're going to find Joey Calcaterra for those transition spot of threes a little bit more. It's just when he comes in with that second five, it completely changes the dynamic of the way Way that UConn wants to play, and I absolutely love that they have that change of pace in the locker room. Uh, there, there's not a lot of teams that have the ability to do that with guys that are as good as Joey Calcaterra, as Asan Diar, as Donovan Klingon, and as um, as and as Naheem Halina. It's just, it's it's an incredible luxury for Dan Hurley to be able to do that. There's there's a reason why their second team is so much better than anybody else's second team in college basketball. Um, the second thing that I think is worth noting is that uh, Jordan Hawkins has got it going again. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the fact that he keeps getting into foul trouble, and I do think that it kind of is getting to his head. I mean, there he came to the bench at one point in the first half after he picked up a second foul and just started wailing on one of the chairs. So um, I get that he's frustrated, but – I love to see the passion. I love that when he finally got an opportunity, he banged home four straight threes and put the game away. Like, that's what he can do. You know, there everybody's got a role on this team. You got the pressure release with Adamus Nogo. You got the floor spacer with Alex Caravan. You got the playmaker, the ball handler with Tristan Newton. You got the fuck shit up guy and Andre fucking Jackson. And then you got the guy that can go win you a game on his own. That can go hit four threes in the span of three minutes and turn what was a close game in a sweat into a blowout. You got the guy who is the most dangerous player on the floor every second that he's on the floor because of his ability to find a way to come in and knock down four straight threes. You know, like he's he's Rip Hamilton in the three-point era. He's Rip Hamilton in the Moneyball era of, of, of basketball. He's Rip Hamilton. Um, you know, that's just what he is. It, and it, it's 
it's so difficult to be able to chase him off of those screens for 40 minutes when he is one healthy and two uh, not in foul trouble. And it's a completely different dynamic that you have to deal with as an opponent, one that very few teams are able to throw at you. It's, there's not very many guys in basketball, period, any level, that can sprint off the, the sprint off screens the way that he sprints off screens without having to to take a rest, to get a blow, to, to come out of the game, to, to, um, to sit. And to be able to sprint that hard for that long around that many screens and be able to get, get on balance and turn it to a shot and bang home with three, like it's just – that skill set is just so, so, so difficult to deal with. And it's nice to see him get going again. That that's UConn is going to need him against Arkansas. Is that's not a you can beat St. Mary's when you don't have your a couple of your guys going. You could beat Iona when you don't have a couple of your guys going. You're not going to be able to beat Arkansas if Jordan Hawkins isn't feeling it. You're not going to be able to eat, beat Arkansas if Alex Carabane doesn't have himself a day. So um, I think that that's really important as well. And the biggest thing is you kind of got the monkey off your back, right? Like, I do think that we saw it at the start of the Iona game where they were pressing a little bit. Uh, the That team is not immune to the vibes around this program and the vibes that some people have towards Dan Hurley. They're not immune to the fact that they're nerd that 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 people are frustrated about those two straight first round losses that they don't believe Dan Hurley can win a big game or win a close game. Like that's, that's something that they're going to hear, right? That's something that's going to creep. No matter how, how much you want to try to keep everything on the outside, on the outside, like stuff like that's going to creep in. It's just, it's just natural. You know, how, how many people pick up their phone and just start scrolling? Think about how many, how often college kids do that. Now imagine you're one of these college kids and you're scrolling through Instagram and you see the comments that people are leaving saying, Dan Hurley can't win the big run. Dan Hurley can't do this. These guys can't do that. They're choke artists. They can't win a close game, whatever. Like, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Being able to now say that you are in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, I think will give them a little bit of freedom where they can kind of say like we're, we're they're almost playing with house money at this point. Now, um, I I do think that they they absolutely believe that they can win a national title, you know, and, and I do too. It's just it, it makes it a little bit easier. We don't have the 
the concern of being upset hanging over your head. And I know that Arkansas is going to be an underdog in there, an eight seed, but that's an eight seed where the coach has been to back-to-back elite eight and two lottery picks and four NBA draft picks on the roster. So it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, one other thing that I do want to note here uh, is that um, we will be out in Las Vegas next week. I'm so excited about this. I've never been to Vegas before. But if you are there, we're going to be doing pregame and postgame shows. Um, pregame shows from the Stadium Swim on the night when the games are out there. And then pregame and postgame shows from Stadium Swim uh, in the days when the games aren't ha- happening. So if you head out and you're there on that Friday, you need a place to watch games come out. Hang out with us. We're going to be there. A bunch of the field of 68 guys. Uh, Fanta should be there, according to uh, to sources. Uh, we'll have T.O. out there. Jeff Cunnell will be there, even though I don't think anybody is going to actually want to talk to him. Um, I'm going to dive into the matchup with Arkansas a little bit more uh, later on this week. But I do just kind of want to say right off the jump that um, that what Musk does is he finds a mismatch that he thinks he can exploit and goes at it. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, the mismatch that he found against Kansas down the stretch was putting whoever their five man was into a ball screen, forcing a switch, then allowing w- Ricky Council to attack that switch and forcing a smaller guard to try to box out Makai Mitchell or whoever it was that was setting that screen. So he created two different mismatches. Um, I don't know where he's going to. Th- going to try to find a mismatch with UConn. I would imagine that he thinks that whoever is on his team is probably, he probably believes they're going to have an advantage against uh, Tristan Newton defensively. I would imagine that he thinks uh, he's going to be able, if he gets Alex Caravan matched up with one of his smaller, quicker guards, he's going to believe he has an advantage there. I would not be surprised to see him um, go at Joey Calcaterra, Hassan Diara, every time those dudes are on the floor. And he is absolutely going to find a way to try to force a switch to get Donovan Klingon or Adama Sanogo guarding somebody on the perimeter. That's just what's going to happen. You got to prepare yourself for it. You got to understand that that is what uh, Arkansas wants to do in the way that they want to play. I do think that UConn is drilled enough and skilled and, and schooled enough that um, they should, like, they're, they're a very disciplined defensive team like in their defensive rotations, in the way that they are able to play drop coverage with clinging out there and hedge hard when Adamo Sanogo is, is at the point. They can trap ball screens. They can blow up ball screens. Um, and Adama is a little bit more sw- uh, switchable than I think people give him credit for. And they also have a couple guys that can just get out there and really shut you down when they need to. Like Asan Diar is a very, very good on-ball defender. Mahima Lean is so strong. Um, Andre Jackson is Andre Jackson, so... Um, I, I think the line opened up at UConn minus four. And I think that that's probably about right. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about right. The big thing is going to be like when Arkansas goes on their run, how is UConn going to handle it? And when Arkansas comes out and, and defends the way that I know Musk wants his guys to be able to defend, how are they going to deal with that? Now, this Arkansas team is different than one that they had last season where they're not as not as reliant on trying to force turnovers, um, but they are a team that has done that, and they are a team that can get out in passing lanes, and they do have a whole bunch of guys that are really, really athletic. Like Their best lineup right now is probably with 6'5", Nick Smith, 6'7", Anthony Black, 6'6", Ricky Council, 6'4", Devo Davis, and 6'7", Jordan Walsh. Um, that team can switch everything. That, that team can switch... 
uh, all five positions. And um, yeah, they're a, they're a very, very uh, unique team to try to play. So uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens. Um, UConn has, they're going to get home tonight. They are going to play or they're going to practice. I would assume Monday, they're probably going to fly to Vegas on Tuesday, get a practice in at some point, whether it's, uh, whether it's in Vegas or whether it's in stores on Tuesday, they're going to have Wednesday to kind of get acclimated to the time change and, and, um, get ready to play the game. And then they're going to play on Thursday night. So it's, uh, it's going to be tough. That's a very, very good team, but I'll tell you what, I cannot be more excited about the fact that we get to see UConn go out and have the opportunity to play for the right to get to the Elite Eight. And, hey, some of these teams that went down with Kansas going down, Marquette going down, with Purdue going down, there's there's only a handful of teams out there that can actually win a national title at this point. UConn is right there at the top of the list. That is a pretty fucking cool thing to think about.